Oh yeah. Abra's are immediately just like, listen, you see the Abra, you eat the ball, and you hope to God Abra is just like, yeah, I'll stay. Yeah, because otherwise Abra's just by default, fuck this shit, I'm out. Or you can just come to this casino and be like, no, no, this, the Abra was definitely a good investment. Just like, listen, people want Abra's and Abra's don't want to be with people. So we're going to make it easy for them. Abra's are Sagittarians. <laughs> They're Sagittarians. They're like, I can't stay. I have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Leo, the Geek Scorpio, wanting to introduce you to a continuation of the podcast episode, some of the real-world pop culture, myths, legends, and references we find in Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, and Green. These episodes are going to be longer than normal, so we will be breaking them up to make them easier to listen to. If you have missed us talking about some of your favorite Pokemon, check out a past episode. But for now, we continue discussing the Game Center in Celadon City, and the podcast are already in progress. And we back. And we back. Okay, so according to Ben, we le- haven't even left Celadon City. Uh, so we need to reach out to Celadon City because this is where you have the Pokey Casino. If Pokemon exists, don't trust me, gambling was also going to exist. That's just a thing that's going to happen. Probably taxes, too. Oh, yeah. I feel like the taxes is essentially just... I like to believe so, yeah. What the actual payment of losing on the Pokemon battle is. It's just like, it's your loser tax. It's like, sorry... It's like, only winners get to be rich here. <laughs> so, if you're going with the gambling corner, I mean, technically, is it really gambling when you're really just playing for tickets? No. Legally speaking, if you're playing for tickets, it's not gambling. It's only considered gambling when you actually, when you have to, when money is has to be exchanged of some sort. Yeah, when it has a, a monetary payout, then it's gambling. But these are tokens that also act as tickets, so, you know, tax evasion at its best. No, not exactly. So the thing is that different countries will do different things to sort of get around that. It was a big thing, especially in Japan, where they, people would play pachinko machines. Oh, God. <laughs> I hate that noise. Oh, for I can the pachinko machines? It. Yes. Ugh. Yeah, because you play for like a thousand balls into a, a pachinko machine. And that spits them all out in the course of a minute. Yeah. And you've got like six billion of those machines going all at once and you want to literally literally stab a pencil into both ears <laughs> just make it stop and the laws for gambling by the way vary widely from place to place so you always if you're do, so what's happening here is not the same as what's happening there so for example the state of nevada all gambling from almost any portion is still com- almost completely uh legal yeah well and is it uh still specific to the area in nevada like it's only legal within um like vegas within so far vegas or whatever no it's the whole state it's the whole state the state's managed they have a gambling state commission for that i am thinking prostitution thank you yeah that that's uh prostitution yes also legal in nevada but they which is very well established the so here's the fun fact in order to do that prostitution like that there is large regulations towards that and there has to be physicals that are done yeah they got to get checked like every week for venereal disease and stuff and it's like covered by medical and shit it's very bizarre how interesting and intricate it is yeah but uh so back to casino so here's the thing with the pachinko machines this is more towards um how you would do it a pachinko machine would give you a reward ticket you take the reward ticket and you exchange it for a reward prize uh typically a bar of some sort 
like a, a plastic bar with an engraving on it. Then you take that plastic bar with an engraving, you go down the street to a person who will exchange the plastic bar for engraving, the engraved bar, for cash money. Because now it's no uh, the way that the state that the that the Japan sees it as isn't you gambling for a prize uh, for for X amount of cash. It's you gambling for this prize, and now what? It's just a prize that you can sell, and so with that you can sell it at this other place, and they give you money for it. Now this is where things have to be exchanged and such because also and not and I'm not going to get into this too much just because of how deep we can get into that. This was the big issue with loot boxes. Because loot boxes is gambling because you're playing for a chance for a chance to get a thing. Even though, in most cases, it's not a cash... The defense, in most cases, it's not a cash response. But it is a cash value. Which is why these things sort of happen on this in this case. But yeah, sell it on city. Uh, as in many a game, such as Persona and such, there is a casino that you can bump into. And this is casino. Isn't the uh, game you will do, like, just slot machines? I believe it is just slot machines for prizes in this. I'm fairly certain that is the case. Yeah, then you can gamble just like how many in a row, or like what how many in a row you can try to get, or like up your odds on that. Which is funny from a programming standpoint. Uh, setting up a casino thing like like as a like this is not as that difficult to put together. Mm-hmm. It is time consuming to put it together, so just kind of interesting that they that they did that and i believe you can get some tms and such from the prizes yes the technicals and such yes actually uh variety prizes so three tms and i already got the, these things up i uh, get tm 23 which is for dragon rage aka the most ass drag move of all times uh <laughs> you also got the tm 29 psychic which <laughs> at the current time is the most over one of the most over p power move of all times I think it's the second most powerful move next to Earthquake, right? Yep. And next to the last prize, which is Hyper Beam. Oh, yeah. And along with that, you can also get Pokemon as prizes as well. And it looks like, depending on the game you get, it can vary. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off with the red and blue one. Does that does that entail, like, <laughs> illegal animal trade? Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on, isn't this also an area where we find Team Rocket? Yeah, Team Rocket is running it, but I don't think it's an illegal gambling place. Mm-hmm. They don't hide that they're a casino. No, illegal illegal animal trade. Oh. Uh, that's debatable. If you can if you can win Pokemon as a prize for gambling. Look, look, it's it's no different than if you won a goldfish at a carnival, okay? I think that's the extension of it. Yeah, honestly, I was I was kind of thinking that. Um, as much as I hate to use that descriptor, imagine, <laughs> imagine if it's a, if it's like all you get is Magikarps. <laughs> Wait, Ben, isn't that a prize? Isn't Magikarp one of them? Yeah, actually, no. What? No, Magikarp's not a prize. Holding? Actually, no, no. I want to definitely get more into the uh, illegal talk thing because I mean, I'm even just eyeballing the prize Pokemon. Half of them are found in the Safari Zone. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Run by Team Rocket. It is like Safari Zone Pokemon halfway just Ooh. Okay. But for your cheapity cheap prize. So in red, blue, and yellow, you can get Abras. For only actually about 120, 180 tokens. I'm just gonna skip the tokens, just go over Pokemon. So cheapest prize in getting any of them are Abras. 
But then in red and blue, you can also, uh, next prize up is Clefairies. So you don't have to deal with having the struggle of finding them. Or if you got yellow, you can find a Volpix. That is so weird. Volpix is actually a good win, though. Uh, the, some of those are really good wins, yeah. Well, in the Abra, because they just are they just piece the hell out in battle if you don't catch them in one ball. Oh, yeah. Uh, Abras are immediately just like, listen, you see the Abra, you eat the ball, and you hope to God Abra is just like, yeah, I'll stay. Yeah, because otherwise Abra's just by default, fuck this shit, I'm out. Or you can just come to this casino and be like, no, no, this, uh, the Abra was definitely a good investment, just like, listen, people want Abras, and Abras don't want to be with people, so we're going to make it easy for them. Abras are Sagittarians. <laughs> They're Sagittarians. They're like, I can't stay, I have commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sorry, I am... Oh! Alright. Now, let's see. Now, going down. And red and blue, you can actually get Nidorina or Nidorino in those. Uh, they also have different levels in them as well. Because on this thing, like, Abra is level 6. Uh, Clefairy is level 12. And the uh, Nidorinas and Nidorinas are at level 17. Now, I'm really thinking that the um, Abra in level 6 is probably why it's such a low prize. Because during this time, it probably only knows teleports. So... If you get the Abra, um, yeah, I know it evolves level 16. How are you going to evolve it? It has asked for a moveset, and honestly, Magikarp is easier to evolve. Yeah, because at some point, even Magikarp will, uh, will get... Yeah, actually, let me... Uh, tackle. Yeah, actually, let me pull up Abra. So it has it attack. I'm kind of curious on Abra and see, like, what what does it learn on what levels? But yeah, Abra has a teleport, so this is an easier way to get that Abra. Yeah, well, and teleport's actually really handy, too, if you uh, don't have fly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and you just want like, just get out of an area? Yeah, just peace out, gone, done, over it. Oh, yeah. But actually, I'll even look at it. Abra does not learn any moves at all. It just knows teleport. That's all moves it knows. Whoa! Okay, how about it's, um, it's TM accessibility? Oh, it's TM move pool is phenomenal. Okay, so there's your trade. Keep playing, get more tokens, get the TMs for your Abra that you just spent, spent money on. Oh, yeah. Yep. But then you also got to know just like, okay, but is Abra compatible with this TM. Mm, that's debatable. Because mind you, just like, you know, every every Pokemon also has a limitation on what they can and can't learn. Yeah. But yeah, if you can learn any offensive ability, that's all you really need. Oh, yeah. There's lots of people, me, Jay, for example, we just went through this game with like, what? I don't need to put them to sleep or these stats moves. I'm just, whatever puts them down, is putting them down. That's all I need. All right. Well, Brian, in order to uh, pull off your little strategy, the only TM you can even use on that would be Psychic, so... Better save up 3,500 coins next time you go into there. Ouch. Instead of using that to get yourself, I don't know, Nidorinos, Clefairies, other Pokemon. I do love this casino aspect to it. All right, you can come in here and you gamble, and one of the easiest things you can get is, is an Ava. But if you stay in this gambling casino, you might be able to get some of these other psychic moves. That's how they get you. They get you trapped in that casino. <laughs> a, a, a psychic move for an Abra. And it's like, we'll make it really expensive. Because, honestly, even look at this list. Um, this Yeah, the psychic is more expensive than most of these Pokemon. <laughs> That's just a bi- that was just a business strategy. That's a middle finger is what that is. Now, if you are playing Pokemon Yellow, though, instead of Nidoros and Nidoros and Nidoros, you could get a weekly tough instead. Oh. Weird. Like, oh, uh, already pre- already evolved. Don't gotta deal with Jigglypuff. Well, actually, that kind of makes sense. If you want to hold off on, because to evolve them, you'll have to burn a Moonstone. 
So if you just want to hang on to it. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that because you only get one moonstone in this entire game, don't you? Uh, not just one, but they are one of the harder ones to get come by. Yeah, and, and the thing is, like, especially in this game, the moonstone is actually used quite a bit because it's not just Jigglypuff, but you also got Clefairy. You also got both Nidorans. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even just getting, like, one Moonstone is already hard as it is. Yeah. That's that's the, the thing. So you may just want to do this just to save up one more Moonstone. But I do know there's enough Moonstones that if you get every... If you get one of every single Pokemon in this game that can evolve for a Moonstone, there is one Moonstone for them, for each, throughout the whole game. So they're not... It's just hard to get them all. Yeah. This is the part where we start going to the Safari Zone territory. And on the prizes for red and yellow, we have Scythers. And for blue, you can get a Pinsir. So let's talk about Scyther and Pinsir real quick then. They're the look, they're both bug Pokemon, right? Yes. Yes, they are. Okay, Scyther is definitely a praying mantis. There's no question about that. Nine. It's got that whole arm thing that Perian Mantises do. And I think Pinsir is a beetle. Yep. And Scyther looks like a Pokemon that will have cut, and it can't, does have cut. It'll cut you. Well, I mean, you have to teach it cut. Otherwise, I think it's Cross Scissor. Nope, Cross Scissor doesn't exist yet. For a Cross Scissor, we have to wait at least four generations. But, uh, nice, but a nice fun thing, especially with Scyther, is that, yes, you can learn all the cutting moves it could ever want. I mean, it can't learn an actual bug type move, but yeah, that's that's a future problem. According to bug this the Scyther might actually be more related towards ninjas, which I see that. Mm-hmm. And that would that would easily be like another like inspiration from them as well. Actually, it's probably why their arms are also shaped like kanas, which is just like a common mm-hmm. farmer's tool that was adopted by ninjas. Actually, I wonder what wait, I wonder what Scyther's Japanese name is. It's Strike. Its Japanese name is literally just Strike. Now, Pinsir, on the other hand, is basically a giant beetle. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, you got two options of um, really hardcore bugs that aren't as squishy as the other ones. You got the Speedy Cutter, and you got the Strong Crusher. Actually, even looking through its moveset, it ends up also knowing um, fighting moves as well. Mm-hmm. Which would make... Which actually is... I mean, aren't Beetles also known for constantly putting, like, bug fights out in Japan as well? Mm-hmm. You can do bug fight things. That's not an uncommon place in there. In Mexico, they'll do uh, scorpion fights. Oh, yeah. That sounds mean. I didn't say it wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, but, I mean, this whole game kind of revolves around animal cruelty, so at this point, being mean is just... Let's just... We, we just kind of we're going to be mill mean when talking about these podcasts. Most of these Pokemon, I don't think, instinctively want to fight. Well, except for Hitmonchan and Hitmonlink, that they they totally want to kick you in the face. That is, they're a hundred percent. That is what they want. That that's what they do. They are literally a fighting type. <laughs> <laughs> they want to hit you, Hitmon you, Hitmon you. I mean, there are some situations where just like, no, no, they don't want to actually fight. They do it as a form of just like meditation or exercise, just to zen out their body. But then you got the ones that will literally just travel on packs and just like, oh no, we will literally start like fighting each other and whoever is the weakest, we will disown them and they're kicked out the pack. Mm -hmm. And then there's, and this is not including the fact that most of these Pokemon have crazy movesets. I mean, if I don't stand up to the, to the Abra and the Kadabra, 
they're just going to, pos to hypnotize me and leave. And that's not even counting hypno. <laughs> and then Jaws is just going to come by just like, ooh, look at this wonderful napping Jenner. Be a really shame if he had their dreams eaten. If you want a Pokemon who totally does not want to fight anyone, Snorlax. Oh, I love Snorlax. <laughs> Snorlax is literally napping on the road. Snorlax just wants to hang out. Like, yeah. He just wants to hang out. He's chill. He takes a nap. That bro just wants to nap. But yeah, so Pinsir is basically a beetle. And I, from the sort of lore is that the Pinsir and the Scyther are, are made as a parallel to each other. So they do the opposite of it. Pinsir will pinch, will pinch and use and try to grapple you. Meanwhile, the Scyther is going to cut you. He will cut you, or will cut you, and that's before he learns cut. It's gonna get cut, bitch. <laughs> and that's also very highlighted in move sets as well, because Scyther also ends up learning moves like Slash. And actually, actually, I just pulled up Pinsir's one. He's got stuff like Vice Grip, Vice Grip, Seismic Toss, Guillotine. Mm -hmm. It's like that. That one was just meant for Pinsir. It literally says, like, you know, a single hit knockout attack learned only by Pokemon that have large Pinsirs. But yeah, um, nothing too big of their names. Most of the alternate names for them from other countries is also Pinsir. The Spanish version of Pinsir is Pinsir. So is the German and the Italian name is also Pinsir. Well, then you got, like, Scyther. <laughs> Who's just like, Striker. There's a lot in this happening in this casino. And actually, um, so in red and blue, Scyther is exclusive to red, Pinsir is exclusive to blue, but in yellow, you can actually get both of them in there. Uh, but that actually replaces another prize instead, where in red and blue, you can actually get a Dratini. Dratini. Dratinis. We got little noodle dragons. Or depending on how you choose to pronounce things, Dratni. Dratni? What? I've, I've, I've heard people call it Dratni. They're wrong. Uh, apparently me say, saying Magikarp isn't so bad anymore. Okay, I was kind of wondering just like what... <laughs> I was wondering just like why are you excited about how I'm pronouncing Dratini? Martini. Because like it's spelled just like Martini. Well, that's, you know, the whole argument of Ratata versus Ratata. Ratata. See, I understand that one. Ratata, 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 hey, ratata, ratata, black, black, Magi carp, magi carp, magic carp, magali carp. It's like we're gonna have a like an exclusive, just like give me thirty percent. How badly can we botch every Pokemon name? Very much so, but I'm not gonna do it today if I can avoid it. Will be sued. But yes, Tritini. Dragon. The Chini is not the isn't the only dragon in this game, isn't it? It is actually at this point. It's the only dragon. It is the only dragon. It's the number one dragon with the only dragon line, the only dragon move. Dratini to dragon, uh, dragonair, and then dragonite, right? To dragonite. Dragonair is the best. Oh yeah. We, uh, my wife and I, we have a. We have a shiny plush. I like how even looking at Serbi on the information, just like, where to get your teeny? Everything's just Safari Zone, just like, oh, really? So, doesn't even mention that it happens in there. It's almost like someone just took it out of its home and decided to sell it for its own personal profit. But we're not going to talk about that. Illegal Pokemon trade. It's like the people that are super good at crane games. Let's be honest, I believe even in the original anime, there was a lot of talking about Pokemon poaching. And I was like, man, the... They did not pull back on that one. Oh yeah, Pokemon poaching was a thing. Like I think even even Officer Jenny has pulled a gun on like Ash 
because she thought he was Pokemon poaching. She definitely stopped. You gotta get a Pokemon license to get to be able to catch Pokemon and you follow the Pokemon illegal Pokemon rules. You need a tag in order to go and get this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to fill out this paperwork, pay a fee, and have a two-day waiting period and blah 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 blah. I'm sure it's which kind of makes sense with all these animals that can do what they can and can't do. You kind of want to make sure that whoever's getting them is responsible for them. Except the rest of the world isn't mm-hmm. because they're giving these things out to 10-year-olds. What kind of gun control do you think they have? None. You just use Pokemon. <laughs> I'm 10 years old. Here's a Charmander. It'll spit fire at everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. I mean, like, if Officer Jenny has a gun, if Officer Jenny has a gun, you'd think, you know. But so I guess their gun control is... <laughs> Very good. I was like, yeah, also Jenny has a gun? She's supposed to! She's a cop! She's the officer. Also, look, the biggest crime uh, criminals here are, like, Team Rocket, and they don't use guns. They use other Pokemon, which can be really debatably worse. (laughs) They did try to use guns at one point, Mm -hmm. and that got turned into a freeze gun, or ice gun, in an episode in the U.S., (laughs) then they cut out i think two other episodes total um only one of them was gun related and that was the safari zone episode Mm -hmm. because the safari zone man sticks a um revolver in ash's face he doesn't just stick the gun in his face it happens over and over and then he legit constantly shoots at him at team rocket over and over they they deserve it though, to be fair. Oh yeah. But in all fairness, um this guy was actually supposed to be in after I heard about it, I ended up looking back, found the episode, watched it, and like I cannot see it now. He's supposed to be a parody of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I can see that. His design is very much uh Who? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Like the good the No no no, which Pokemon? No, not the Pokemon, the the dude shooting at Ash. In the Safari Zone episode. In the Safari Zone. It's it, oh, it was a, it was an episode's <laughs> banned in America because like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have someone constantly pointing guns at ten year olds and constantly shooting teenagers that go into criminal organizations. <laughs> what? Seems legit. Sounds fake. Alright, I've gotta make one one little correction. We call it a casino, but officially in the game, it's a game corner or a game center. Yes. Yeah. What are you doing in a casino without playing games? Okay. It is a casino. Uh, but yeah, there's a good chance this game corner is it's just a front for uh, Team Rocket because you can fight Team Rocket in there. Prop. It also leads underground, right? Yeah. Like behind the poster. Oh, yes. Yes, because remember there's a, some sort of Team Rocket going to stand in front of it. And you can't get past him, I believe, until you, you beat the gym. A game. Oh, yeah, there's a gym in this town. We should really talk about that one real quick. Oh, we're actually still not even... But I think we've done... Oh, we're not done. Well, we can with, the, with this game card. Actually, we're not. Or is there more? Oh, a game. Yep. Yeah, a guy. A guy. <laughs> we'll get to that guy soon enough. It's a Homer Simpson thing. No, no, we only have one more... The ultimate prize from the every game corner, unanimously decided, is Porygon. Is what? Oh, yeah, this is where you get Porygon, isn't it? This is where you get Porygon. Wait, didn't Porygon have the, uh, didn't, what, yeah, had the, had the seizure episode? Yes. Yeah, Porygon's the one with the seizure episode. We, we've got to touch on that one. Ah, yes, now we can talk about it. The second band episode of the show. Yeah, because it caused... It caused seizures. Like one one of the many banned shows from Pokemon. 
besides for gun-related violence or people thinking that... There were 200 undiagnosed epilepsy episodes, all that occurred during that airing period in Japan. Supposedly. So... I'm not gonna lie, that's, um, that's a pretty hard one to dodge, you know? So, the Pokemon, the Porygon episode, I forgot what it's called, though, it's... Let's Go Porygon, I think? Mm -hmm. Let's Go Porygon, I think, yeah. So, the Porygon episode is the episode that that was, it was famous and had to be banned because... Electric Soldier Porygon. Electric Soldier Porygon, yeah, thank you. And... What happened was, uh, was when it came out, it was aired in Japan, and because of how the flashing lights that came during, and it wasn't even Porygon who did this. It was Pikachu, right? Yep. Pikachu electrocutes Ash, and the uh, creates a strobe light effect when they when they animated it. But that strobe effect was enough to ca- to stir up a lot of people's. Uh, oh, what is it? Um, epilepsy. Epilepsy. Uh, flashing light epi- epilepsy. They had epileptic seizures. Like the weirdest part about that story is the first time that they aired it, after the uh, they got the reports on the news, the news replayed that episode <laughs> to show what 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 they were talking about, which caused it a second set of seizures. Amazing. Yeah, that kind of emphasizes even more that um, it was indeed the episode. Honestly, I I kind of wish I was able to find this episode to watch it because I want to know how did what happened because wasn't the whole premise like they were stuck in cyberspace to save Porygon? So do you want to find out if you have epilepsy? Watch this. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for a non-surprise epilepsy test. <laughs> I've been to. I feel like I'm fine. I've been to a few raves. Hey, how can we test a bunch of uh, people's epilepsy? I got an idea. It'll be fast, and it'll get through the whole... <laughs> that happened um, in, in when Cyberpunk 2077 was first released. They do this thing called a brain dance. Um, I mean, it's still in the game, but um, there's a section where you have to do a brain dance. But when you do the brain dance, it actually has, like, they have a visor that they wear. And there were flashing lights. And apparently, um, CD Projekt Red actually studied what, a, like what blinking pattern effect causes epilepsy. I don't know if they like studied it or did it intentionally or whatever, but they, that same pattern, um, they used for the brain dance thing. So they were like unintentionally causing seizures in people. (laughs) (laughs) That's horrible. Now, if you're curious, no, while playing the game, it does not cause seizures. That's literally just the the animated does that. <laughs> yeah, not the game, not the Pokemon game. From what I understand, it's the only episode that is that is banned worldwide because of that. And for many places, they don't they won't even show an edited version of it just to you know avoid the risk of someone getting a seizure from that episode. If the ratio is correct. There's about one in the four thousand people can suffer from photosensitive seizures, and within nearly four million, with a population of four million people watching the show, you kind of raise the odds that someone's going to get going to get hit with this. But yeah, this is the that's the the episode uh, on that. Oh my! Also, is like the only Pokemon that I can't I couldn't figure out how to catch because I didn't want to waste that much time out, uh, at this casino. Well, now you know why you couldn't catch him because you had to waste all that time at the casino. People who want to complete that Pokédex really had to 
earn it. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta shell your cash on this one. And it's like, what if you end up going broke at the end? Well, I guess you're never gonna complete the Pokédex. You're gonna have to start all over. Game Shark. That is wrong, sir. Game Shark. Cheating at a casino is wrong. <laughs> I mean, so is Pokemon Poaching, but we, we don't mind that either. You can't count cards and you can't count Pokemon. Hey, they're stealing from everyone else. I'm gonna steal from them. And Porygon is a weird-looking Pokemon, but ultimately not nearly as powerful as for how difficult the evil that it takes to get that Pokemon, which I always thought was kind of funny. <laughs> I love the sweet, sweet variety of Pokemon that exist. Uh, on, a, on a great premise, that is, you know, some of them are great, fantastic to just have. Some of them you got to work really hard in order to get them. Um, some of them you got to work really hard to get them, but they're complete ass. I, f- I checked this off my Pokedex. Now you're going in the box. Like, absolutely nothing about them is even worth catching. It was like, but I thought we were going to go on adventures. It's like, with you? Not with those stats. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I evolved via friendship. Ah, uh, yes. And my friends need to know their place. Yes, friendship. <laughs> huh, more like friendship. Get back in the box. Get back in the box. <laughs> um, also, before we leave this casino, yes, it's, I'm going to keep calling it a casino because A, it's easier on me, and B, that's what this kind of is. It's just what it is. <laughs> Depending on what version, uh, where you were in the world at the time when you purchased this game, this place had a second game called the Voltorb uh, Flip. It's a card flip game, a mini game, but it was only available to the Western audience, so us here in the U.S. and Korean audiences. Huh. For some reason, it was only available for those ones, and there's not really a reason. I remember that game. It's a card flip game, and there's not really a reason why not to put it into the other versions. Like memory? No, no, no. So it was actually kind of interesting. Like a memory game? No, no, it wasn't a memory game. So imagine this. It was like five by five on cards, and every lane has a Voltorb with a number on it. And it's like, okay, this is how many cards in this lane are like saved. And you got to keep flipping cards. It's more like Minesweeper. Mm-hmm. So, like, it just gives you, like, a grid. And it's just like... <gasps> oh, my God. I know how to cheat at Minesweeper. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this one because I absolutely killed it when I was playing it in Johto. And we just buy everything after I would just stay in the game corner for the longest time. But it's like, okay. Because once you figure out the system, it's actually, like, super easy to do it. So, I was like, all right. This one's safe. This one's safe. Just like, okay. F you, F you, F you, F you, F you. It's like, okay. Cool. Um, I would win all the time, but I would win enough times to make some profit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's not really a much of a reason why they would put it in one and not the other. And card flip games like this are not exactly a regional thing, so uh, don't know why they did it. They just did it that way. If my understanding is right, it depends on... Uh, and I'll have to double check with Rob at some point, but it may be actually more related towards uh, production. Like, it's a feature that they added in later and then realize it for different versions. Sometimes that can happen with game video game production, where one version of it is diff- completely different from another version of it, even though it's the, it should be the exact same game. It might also be, lo- like, a local thing. Like, some some countries don't allow... Like, Australia is notoriously, like, kind of difficult about some things. Like, if a game is rated, um, like, mature a lot of the times they're more likely to ban it. So people or like game companies will remove aspects of um, like that aspect of the game to, uh, for that market. The so penetrator like, bat from huh? Saints Row. Like what one? 
the penetrator. The giant penis bat. AKA the best weapon in the game. Oh. <laughs> um Yes. Uh but then also like in Silent Hill Homecoming. Yeah. In Silent Hill Homecoming, there's a scene with a drill that goes through someone's face that they cut out. Um but it, so it might be something like that where just certain countries don't I mean, I don't know what kind of like which countries wouldn't allow a card game, but listen, that might be part of it. <laughs> it might be part of it. There's different rules for different sets for different countries and nations. Like, what is it? Left 4 Dead back in the day had a heck of a time trying to get itself over to Australia because of how in Australia, it's not the violence that's bad, but it is the gore factor. Mm-hmm. Australia is really tough on that, and you can actually be banned or you can actually, like, ha- be fined, um, like, criminally fined for playing those games in Australia. Yeah. And there's different regions that have different weirder ones. Um, back in the day when, when the show, when the cartoon for Teenage Mutant and Ninja Turtles came out in 87. I know this one. They had to ban the first season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in England mm-hmm. because they had a rule about displaying billy clubs in the, uh, what's considered a billy club in, the, in England. And so because of that, the entire first season's banned because of Michelangelo's weapon, which is a no- which is nunchucks, and that is counted as a billy club in England. I know that it was also um, not necessarily banned, but censored in some regions where they uh, actually changed the name to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because the term ninja implied oh. um, assassination or something, so murder. It had to go through <laughs> a whole lot of uh, weird going pains on that one because of it. But yeah, localization isn't all just uh, just um, translating for or it or marketing that way. It could just be that they have to readjust entire portions of the game just to make it work. But yeah, so it could be just something regionally like that. It probably is like some more recently like that on it, especially since America is such a big country, especially compared to most other ones. Uh, they're not going to say no to trying to appease that kind of demographic audience. So it's like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll make some adjustments just to get over on this the only thing that's weird about this though is the fact that the adjustments it's it the adjustment of the card game is not originally in the original japanese version which is weird because normally it's they make it for their home country and then they adjust it trying to export it yeah that one i i don't know what they were thinking maybe they were trying to appease to more people to think about just like oh check out this other game in there it's like uh could we? Or they just think that just like Americas are just like filthy gamblers and every way. Just... But yeah, that's sort of that's the only part of that one that's weird is that the home country is the one that is missing the, the extra stuff. Because mm-hmm. typically all the stuff for the home country is the one that everybody that's gets and they adjust it for everything else. Moving on from there. We can finally go to the gym. Uh, is there anything else left in this casino? Is there anything left in the casino? Uh, I think we thoroughly went through this casino. Nope, those those were all the Pokemon, all the prizes, all the TMs, and yeah, and every every aspect of the way, they say like, hey, you want, like, you want, the greatest prize of all is trying to catch this useless Pokemon with a lot of money. Gotta say business. <laughs> Gotta say business. Alright, so, 
Moving on, let's head over to the gym of this town, which is kind of weirdly opposite of it. The grass-type gym. What type gym? It's a grass-type gym. What? Grass-type. Oh, grass-type. 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 It's a grass-type gym in Silicon City. The gym leader, that is Erica? Yep, it is Erica. And uh, turn to go to the list and see what grass-type Pokemon we haven't talked about yet. Because... I think we've hit most of them. Most of them. Tangla we didn't do, though. Nope. No, this is actually the first introduction to Tangela. It's essentially just walking sentient vines. Yep, just a ball of walking sentient vines. And you know someone's going to make a hentai joke with this one. Just it, It's going to come up. I mean, between that one and uh, Lickitung, there's been some... That's the one. It's in the name, kind of. <laughs> there's been some. Tentacles. And tentacle and onyx and closer. There, there's... Listen, enough, enough creativity. You can make a dirty joke with any of this. Yeah, let's 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 not. The dirty Pokemon. No. The dirty secrets behind this Pokemon will blow your mind. <laughs> Sorry, that's a BuzzFeed article title, right? Or no, Kotaku. Excuse me. Yeah, but uh, yeah. actually, going through the games, if you're playing Red and Blue and you choose Charmander. This would actually be your first introduction of Ivysaur. Because, uh... Ivysaur? Yeah, because going through... Oh. Some of the trainers actually... Yeah, one of the trainers here actually does carry a Bulbasaur and an Ivysaur for battle. Yeah, actually, they're not they're not even the only one. There's two of them that actually have Ivysaurs. Ooh. I wanted to get back to Tangela real quick on that, because there's been a talk that I think... Tangela might be an Eldritch Nightmare. Wait, is it because, like, no one actually knows what Tangela looks like underneath all the vines? Uh, I think that's Tangrowth. <laughs> you can see two big eyes, but that's about it. <laughs> but it also has, like, feet. I would argue Tangrowth is worse, because he is much larger and has much more tentacles. Maybe it's just, um, like, a little black ball. Maybe. Just, <laughs> it actually is that old 80s cartoon when people are hiding, it, when the room gets dark and all you can see is a pair of eyes. <laughs> That's what he is. Oh, I was just gonna compare it. I was gonna compare it to Legion from Symphony of the Night. No, nah, Legion's a whole different move. I'm always imagining now it just looks it, its actual body just looks like a soot sprite, like from Spirit of the Way. No, it's just an oddish, an oddish with a lot of dreads. It, it's a, it's an oddish that accidentally had uh, was born with goat head, so it just kept, kept tangling vines until it became its own Pokemon. It's like, well. I guess I can't evolve to a gloom anymore. <laughs> a unique subspecies has been born. Uh, but Tangaroth is not in this game. That's true. No, we gotta wait. Let's see. Kind of deep. It's Gen 4. Gen 4, yes. We'll get back to you, Tangaroth. But yeah, that's about it as far as I got for Tangela. Not much other than the weird Eldritch Nightmare, possibly. Or, but I, I like I like Zombie Hand's answer with that. You know, it's just eternally... Two eyes inside a dark room. Yeah, just a little little black ball, two eyes, and then he just surrounds himself with um, vines. But yeah, then there's also Ivysaur, you said? Yep, Ivysaur. For anyone that plays Red or Blue and chooses Charmander. Huh, wait, is it just Red or Blue that Ivysaur shows up? Uh, no, 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 they show up in yellow too. Uh, I only say that because Red and Blue... Of course, you get the option of choosing a trio, and and since the whole thing is always just like um, Gary always chooses the one that's strong against yours, it's like okay. So if you end up choosing the Bulbasaur outside, you're always the Avasaur, and then you, if you're the guy that chooses the Squirtle, Gary's going to choose the Avasaur. So what if someone chooses an Avasaur? It's like 
a Charmander. It's like, what if I never see what an Ivysaur looks like? And then you go into Sildon. It's like, oh, there it is. The infamous Ivysaur. The plant bulb of plantiness. And it's a flower now. I feel like Ivysaur is definitely one of those Pokemon that looks like it's going through some sort of teen phase, though. <laughs> Ivysaur is the one that's going through a teen Look phase. at it, though. Look at it. It's like Bulbasaur is all cute and adorable. And then you just got like, you know, Big Daddy Venusaur. And then there's like super awkward Ivysaur that didn't want to show up to the party. But they just scowl the whole time while they're there. <laughs> it's not a phase, mom. And it's like, I swear to God, I, like, I'm not a poison type because I'm actually a toxic Pokemon. It does but it does help. help. I was like, but you know, it's gotta gotta have that freaking like stat bonus. But yeah, uh, upon all that going through, looks like you'll apparently the French name of it is Herbazar. Herb <laughs> for Ivysaur. What Herbazar from her from herbs and bazaar. Weird herb is essentially what it translates to. Huh. All right. Well, we know that herbivore. Le Ivysaur is le herbivore, le herbivore. And this is one of the few ones that you get to play as in Smash Brothers. Oh, that's right, because Pokemon Trainer has it as like a one of its rotation options. Now, Venusaur is here to stay. Venusaur knows what it's all about. And by then, the flower on the back of it is fully bloomed. It grew into a full-grown tree, but upon going through that. Uh, most of the trainers that you'll find here will have bell sprouts, even bells, oddishes, glooms. We got one beauty trainer with an execute. Okay, this is the first time. Execute's probably one of the weirder ones. Execute is basically what? A pine tree? A walking, talking pine tree covered in eggs? No, no, that's Executor. Oh, that's Executor. That's his, ex that's his evolution. That's right. That's Execute are, is his pre-evolution. The one that looks like eggs, but uh, upon actually what I found out is that they're actual seeds that look like this. Do they all have eyes? Yes. Every one of the seeds do. Yes. And they're grouped together, right? Yep. Okay. Like they're not, they're not eggs, they're seeds. Brandon, this is the one like Legion. Which one? Execute. Oh, okay. Yeah. A small army of egg seeds coming at you. And there's never just one. It is it's a whole group. Oh uh, they they always come they always come in a horde of six. Hordes of six. Yeah, and they just It's a horde. Yes, they all just come together. As... I think they missed the opportunity to do a Zerg rush on this one. <laughs> yeah. But in this uh execute is actually a grass and psychic type. Execute. Execute. And Execute just sounds, just seems like a freaky Pokemon. It's weird to think that the grass type is the one with the weird Pokemon on it, you know? What? I don't know. There's some really messed up looking plants out in the world. I can imagine. Oh yeah, no, there absolutely is. I can believe that the grass types would be the, the really weird shit. Uh, it's a Simpsons quote that I love. Or no, is it the Simpsons or is it the Futurama? One of those two. They're like, we've got to protect the trees because the trees can't protect themselves. Except for that one Mexican fighting tree. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Accurate. I did some research on Execute, and its Japanese name is Tamatama, where when translated, just means egg egg. Egg egg! Its Japanese name is egg egg! That makes me think of the dumb meme with the werewolf name and Moon Moon. It's Moon Moon. Damn it, Moon Moon! And then it's a bald form executor. 
Executor. But I think for now, let's let's go over. Yeah, because you'll bump into Executors more in the Safari. We'll, zone. we'll 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 bump in later, and whatever Pokemon we don't miss by the very end, we'll just like we're just gonna highlight the ones that just didn't get any love. But uh, at this point, after all that, you are up against Eric, which comes at you with the introduction of Tangela, a Victory Bell, and a Vileplume. Yep, Eldritch Erica. Yep, and actually, let me... Look, now that I think about it, being attacked by a giant dragon-like creature like, uh, Charizard, like Charizard, not so bad anymore compared to this one. And it was like, but plants, though. It's like, nature, you scary. Nature, you're scary, man. Um, so, I, I think so far we've talked about Weeping Bow and Gloom yeah. before, but we haven't actually gotten to like a deep dive of their evolutions of Victory Bell and Vileplume. Vileplume we did, because Vileplume is related to the Corpse to the corpse Bloom. When did, wait, when did we see Vileplume beforehand? Couple, no, we talked about it a couple of gyms back. Okay, so so this is probably the first time we've actually like seen the Vileplume then. Because mm-hmm. okay. this is the first time you'll see it, but we've talked about the Vileplume. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But Corpse Plants, though. They're called that because they smell like yeah, they smell like death. I know we've talked about Bellsprout, but Weenie Pell and Victor Bell, not... Victor Bell, we talked a little bit about it earlier on. Because Victor Bell is the one with the... Oh, it looks like a... At least to me, like a type of Venus-type flytrap, but it not. No, so I remember... So, yes, we ha- we were starting that conversation, and then that just kind of let, uh, led us to start to talk about Erica and all that. Okay, so, but while we were on that... Um, yeah, I remember earlier we were talking about how our, and, uh, verse, I was how every gym leader's name is a pun. And even Erica isn't just Erica. So the scientific name for the species of plants for heath are called the Ericaceae. Scientific name for which plant? And this is... Ca- the Ericaceae? Uh, the Ericaceae. Yeah, it's an, actually an entire uh, family of plants. So from looks of it, uh, it's where you actually get your heath plants. I like to think that Erica is like that really, um, oh, what is it? That really perky and fun-loving uh, uh, friend of yours who apparently is way into a whole lot of dark goth stuff. <laughs> I love aroma smells. Aren't you literally surrounded by corpse, uh, like by corpse blooms? Yep. <laughs> actually, I think in, in, the, in the anime, wasn't actually she just super into just like aroma like smells and just like wonderful stuff like that. It's like yes, but if if they love you enough and they like you, they'll actually smell really nice. And if they hate you, they'll smell the rotting quartz because they hate you and your stupid face. <laughs> and okay, so I'm also trying to figure out looking up this whole Ericaceae plant species. They look like the species of lavenders that lavenders are from, because all it's just like a bunch of long stalks that are just little. Little bulbs all around them. Yeah, the Erica plants is our genus of roughly six eight hundred fifty seven different species, and they're all flowering plants. So, which makes me think Erica is your gym leader that smells super nice. Oh, which is also why the episode's just like, no, no, you must appreciate the you know, wonderful, beautiful smell of all these wonderful flowers. Just like, especially you, Ash, and your stupid face. Does it get one? Man, he was so petty about, like, the smell of perfume. I was like, that was a moment that was, like, they were trying to just connect with all this, this super obnoxious, like, 
preteen boys and just like, I don't want to deal with any of that girly stuff. Like, grow up. You surround yourself with the Dutch corners blooms like this, you'll want to smell, uh, smell vanilla at some point. Hey, I like vanilla. Vanilla's delicious. I'm that weirdo who thinks that's the best flavor of ice cream. Specifically vanilla bean. I like vanilla if you put chocolate sauce on it. Actually, one one thing I do like is getting like the super pure like Mexican vanilla. That's just like a tiny bottle, but that, like a, t- a bottle that big is like 10 bucks. You just need like a tiny little droppy drop, but it makes it just so delicious. Oh, yeah. It's like pure extract. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like, this is the, like the uh, like vanilla intonation. This is vanilla. The neat thing about Erica, though, is Erica is one of the least changed names throughout all of its all of the language regions that Pokemon have been released. Almost every version of it, Erica is just Erica. The Japanese version is Erica. The English, German, Spanish, French, Italian, and Vietnamese version is also Erica. The Brazilian and Portuguese version is Erica. They they just don't change it very much. I think the only ones that change it is the Chinese language ones. And Korean, which is into uh, meanwhile. You know, I have to think that one of the reasons it doesn't change that much, of course, you know how, of course, when you never do, whenever they do change the name via region, it's always because, like, it has a bit of language in it. But since Erica is even um, short for a scientific name, which, I mean, like science, like science names, no matter what like country or region you go to, they normally don't change at all. And it's like, no, no, this is just like what science calls them. This is just like what all the super, super nerds have agreed to just call the super complicated version of it. It's like Black Hole. It kind of just says Black Hole right there in its name. And it's not, if you want the physics behind it, that thing's complicated. You want the name? Nope, got you covered. It's like, yeah, not, not much thinking that one. It's a, it's a hole that is black. And it sucks. That's, that's all it is. Done. <laughs> Nailed it. A solar flare. A flare from the sun. Nailed it. Okay. Now, um, <laughs> now the other plan, Victory Bell, we did touch on a little bit. So remember when you were talking about the whole Venus flytrap? Uh, that's actually when... Yeah. So I did end up finding some episodes just talking about, like, grass-type Pokemon and just, like, the wide variety of plant species you can be with them. So there's a... So Venus flytraps are not the only carnivorous plants out there and going that like nomi nom isn't the only strategy apparently so uh victory barrel is what is known as a pitcher plant and so what actually happens is that while like they're actually shaped like that because they have like a special almost like acidic liquid inside there and it causes like a few like a fumy pheromone that just like, kind of comes out of it oh yeah I know these kind of flowers or plants. Yeah. And so when the bugs are come by, it goes over, just like, oh, it gets kind of And then it gets stuck inside and just sort of just like dissolves inside of it. And actually even looking at Victory Bell, there was one thing I always thought that was kind of funny about it. And well, now that I know that it's a carnivorous plant, it uh, finally comes a full circle because I remember Victor Poe's design always had, like, that one extra leaf just hanging just right above its mouth. Oh, the cap leaf, yeah. Because yeah. when a bug gets caught into these type of flowers, that's the thing. That top leaf will cover the whole thing and just let it... You're right, Liz. Grass uh, plants are scary sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But I think what I love is that also looking at that, it's like, you know, Victor Bill's just kind of like the plant equivalent of an anglerfish with that little extra like, little <laughs> cap yeah. on top. And it's like, oh, look at this. Look at this little delicious little leaf just so scrumptious and just. <laughs> it's like, oh, why? Oh, man. Like a snack and a hot tub? That's oh, a really hot hot tub. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, spicy. And like, then fucking Victor Bell's just. Nom nom and we don't just going. Mm, delicioso. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of us. So yeah, Erica might be the scariest of them of the Gen One and Gen Leaders. I was like, look, I was like, listen, we have people with rock snakes. We have people with psychic starfish and rats that can essentially power a whole city. But this com- this girl with her kimono and the wonderful smelling plants, she's the scariest of them all. <laughs> So with that, I think that's as uh, do we have anything else left on Erica? Nope, actually going through I do want to po- okay. I do want to point one thing I do find kind of funny though. So that she's the sweetest of all the Pokémon trainers and yet probably the most lethal. The irony of that is not lost to me. But this is just more of something I find just kind of funny cuz we cuz we all know that the yellow is as more uh, Pokémon yellow is more based on the anime. In red and blue, so in red and blue, on uh, both of them, she has the same team with family lines. Tangles in both, but the thing is, in red and blue, she has Victor Bells and Vile Plumes, but in yellow, she only has a Weeping Bell and Gloom. A Weeping Bell and a Gloom—that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, and and the alleged, like, supposedly possible harder version, hardest version—I don't know—is yellow supposed to be the hardest version of it? No. Yellow is actually the easier of all the versions, from my understanding. Because, so, yellow becomes the easier of the versions because uh the fact that, unlike the other ones, you can't pick and choose your your uh, starter. You get Pikachu. Pikachu is only, uh, it uh, starts off in the heart, uh, would get rough once you get to, uh, once you get to Peter City, because Pikachu is Electric type, and um, Peter City Brock is a uh, ground type. But after that, Pikachu will just mess up Misty like nobody's business. And so it has a small dip at the but you got to remember that Pikachu is also a grass type, and so even if it ha- doesn't have its electric one, by the time you get to Brock, you might actually already have some of its grass and normal attacks. So you're not out of the arts. And the fact that you get all the other starters gives you a wide variety to play with. Yeah, arguably yellow is actually the easiest of them all. And it's because you get all of the starters. And especially once you got like the entire... Just just that whole well-balanced gang just to go around. Because even, cause even when we're going through around, it's still, it stays pretty consistent, and you don't really get more of the unique types like Grass, Water, and Fire until, like, mid to late game. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you can get a Charmander, a really cool, a big fire type, before you get deal with, uh, but with well before you can deal with Erica, and after you get deal with Misty. Right. Okay, ignore the fact that it looks like a dragon, but isn't a dragon. Uh, poor Charmander. But yeah, so I believe now we can move away from Celadon City. Finally, after all this time. 
Okay, so from Celadon... From Celadon City, it's going to be a straight trap, through, a route through Route 16. Yeah. Um, I think the only new Pokemon at this point is the Doduo, which I think is just an ostrich. Could be an emu. Or an emu, yeah. One of those really big flightless birds. Emus are fucking evil, though. I mean, they did win a war in Australia. Yeah, there is legitly... Ebus have once won a, um, won a war. Well, it's because like they're so damn fluffy that you can't really tell where their bodies are. Plus, they do not... Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, their body muscle structure is like such a way that even if they do like take a a bleeding wound, that they, they do not bleed much. So them bleeding out is not a common thing. There's some species of animals that that is a thing. They Bleeding out is not... Uh, you find that more commonly with, I think, lizards, though, right? Um, I th yeah, it is more common with, like, reptile-like creatures, but, um, yeah, no, emus are just fucking weird, man. They're like the demon ostrich, and an ostrich is already a demon, so, you know. Uh, ostriches are really just velociraptors. Like, let's... No, those are chickens. <laughs> no, no, they're the, they're the pocket-sized velociraptors. Yes, a, po <laughs> a dinosaur in your pocket. Called an egg. That's sometimes called breakfast. That is frequently called breakfast, sir. Oh my god, we eat dinosaurs. We do. You didn't know? They also fuel my car. Mm. And my chicken nuggies. And chicken. Oh man, yes. Those chicken yeah. nuggies. And actually, even uh, Dodo's name in every other language is kind of similar on it. In uh, Japan, it's uh, Dodo. French is Doduo. Do do. Um, I actually I never used a Doduo, um, because I didn't find them very appealing because they had no specialty typing that I could see. And it's really just like by this point they're like what the uh, third, fourth normal flying you come across. And these ones can't fly. Careful here, flying. Come on. Oh no 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 no! They're still flying type. As a matter of fact, they can fly. No, I, I refuse. That's why they can... I, I just refuse. They can learn... I believe they can still learn fly. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yep. But it upsets they me. They still learn fly. <laughs> yeah. According to the Pokedex, it, these are more related to uh, ostriches and emus. Because according to the Pokedex, a Dodeo can, ru uh, can run at 60 miles per up to 60 miles per hour, while Dodrio can only run at about... The evolution is about 40 miles per hour. Now, why that's important to know and why I say miles per hour is because in the English translation uh, translation of that, 60 miles per hour and 40 miles per hour is the average speed of both an ostrich and an emu, uh, essentially 60 miles per hour or 100 kilometers. That for an ostrich, because ostriches, it can get really fast, like crazy. Um, and an emu can go to 40 miles per hour or 60 kilometers per hour. Which kind of is interesting to me because that means that the evolution is slower, but again, they have a, a whole extra head on top of that. What about brain? Is it intelligent? They... I don't know. It kind of depends on how you see it. So, if you think that this is freaky in nature, in the San Diego Zoo, famously that they have one of the few and only two-headed snakes. And I don't know if that snake is still around. But yeah, someone caught in the wild a two-headed snake and brought it, presented it over to the San Diego Zoo. So the thing is that it's a two-headed snake, but they gave it to the to the, uh, to the the zoo for study. Um, and they found out that because they thought it was a, no, a brand new species, and it's not. It's just a creature that happens to be born with two heads. And like, 
And so that's why they wanted to double check on that. But they uh, essentially, because of its two heads, its name origin is pretty, and the way it looks, its name origin is basically based upon the dodo bird and duo. Dodo for a flat, uh, uh, an extinct flightless bird, and duo because it's two heads. The worst part is, too, is we uh, missed out on the dodo, but not by very many years. Wait, seriously? I think they went extinct in like the 70s or something. What? Yeah, that's how they have an actual legend of of how they went extinct. I think uh, a sailor or a couple of sailors got tr- trapped on this island and fed on them. Yeah, I was going to say, weren't they like delicious or something? Mm-hmm. They were super rare and they were very delicious, And but there was only one place in the world that they, they had, and those guys didn't have the foresight to allow them to continue breeding. Yeah. Oh, the dodo is now making me sad. Although, I do love the idea of this. They evolved from essentially an ostrich into an emu. And why do I love that, that that thought? Because an ostrich just is native to parts of Africa, but they run in places. An emu, on the other end, has won at least one war. Now, I would have thought it would have been like the other way around, since like the emus are smaller. Because I've actually I've actually come across emus and ostriches in real life. And oh my god, I've had to get escorted to go onto an ostrich farm before. Escorted to an ostrich farm. Well, they had the dude had like a thousand ostriches. Oh, that's a lot. That's too many ostriches. Oh yeah, no. Uh, apparently, yeah, apparently, yeah. Apparently, Idaho is home of uh, the third largest ostrich farm in all of America. Okay. Damn. That's new. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. Just like, oh damn, bro. But it was. Oh, it was funny because it's back when I when uh, you said we were, we were gonna we were gonna rent a own place. But I was just delivering like a couch to him. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna need you guys to like kind of like just stay at our gate and then I'll come over. And then you guys can follow me in, just like, like in case we get lost. I'm like, no, 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 like nothing bad, nothing bad. Just like, just, you know, the ostriches just kind of spook easy. But there, when we got there, um, one of them actually did kick the venting on the, um, kick the venting and broke the bolt off, like clean down, like the center of it. This bolt was thicker than most people's thumbs. Jeez, it's like, and it's like, oh my god, I would hate to get, I would hate to get kicked by you. But the, after, like, the third time I had to go into the dude's house, I just had to ask, I was like, can I pay your ostriches? Like, please. I was like, I want to I wanna know how they feel. Apparently, their their meats are very... The way he des- the way it was described is, like, imagine a poultry red meat. Oh, that's a weird... Right? I do know that a single ostrich egg is something like... Three pounds? It's three pounds, and something like, once cooked, it can easily hit two to 3,000 calories for that egg. There is one restaurant in California which special which has an ostrich farm right next door. So they have like an ostrich egg challenge. It's you and your friends that can to see how fast you can eat this uh to you have to team up to eat this omelet. Oh yeah, I've seen the challenge. Liz, you want to you want to go team up on an omelet? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> like fun fact too. Um ostrich eggs are actually the largest roughly, I believe that any egg can be. Like mathematically speaking? Uh, yes. Like physically and mathematically, it, they can't be larger because they can't sustain their own uh, structure appropriately. So even dinosaurs, their eggs were not much larger, if any larger, um, just because of the the whole principle of how an egg structure works. Uh, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but it's a thing in engineering and in physics. Essentially, once you hit a certain, uh, you have the support, the mass can't support itself. Because of how large it is. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Um, and I think the ostrich eggs are almost the size of bowling balls, or maybe a little bigger. 
but not by a huge margin. So, I mean, when you think about it, like literal monstrous creatures that once existed came from something that was like the size of your head. Actually, what I think what else learns that uh, ostriches also grow extremely quickly. Because what I'm heard is that uh, when they're born, they're actually about a foot tall. Oh wow! But then when they're fully, they're fully grown within the same year. And it's like okay, so stand next one. They come to like like six, six and a half feet tall. It's like so you're telling me this this little like junior is going to get the kind of growth spurt. Just shoots shoots like a couple couple inches every month and calls it good. Just like all right, I'm, I'm done with all my growing. Can you imagine if that worked for humans too? Just like when we were born, just like after like one year, we're already fully grown. Just like, oh, okay, cool. Look, we're all going to grow and then we're all going to shrink. I mean, it's the way it works. Like Betty White used to be incredibly tall. And then by the end of things, she was like not. Gravity is, um, gravity causes people, once your bones don't have as much density to keep you tall anymore, um, you're you're you start to shrink get more calcium that's what calcium's for my mother's lactose intolerant actually so she has to take supplements um because yeah it's just funny because like i i know she's shrinking because i i stopped growing and i am getting taller than her (laughs) so (laughs) all right so we'll move away from the 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 doduos the do trios in this case we're making our way through from Route 16 to Route 17, numerically this time. 16 going on 17. Hold on, did we talk about the uh, the bikers? I don't fucks with them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because the thing on this uh, is uh, Route 17, um, 16, 17, one of them also doubles as the biker route. I think by, isn't it by now you can get the bicycle? Yeah, because you get the bicycle two times over. So yeah, this is also known as the bicycle route because you can um, the next place that we're, uh, that you'd get to. This is the technically the fastest way to get down there because the bike route is just a bike route. Yes, by now you. you... But it's a straightaway. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it also force you down the hill? Like you don't like you can't. Not, like you can not, but it's like like very slow going if you try to go back up. Yes, actually, no. That that was actually just a thing with it. We're just uh, coming down from going from Celadon to Fuchsia. It was always just like a super fast beeline downhill, but then so going it up is was essentially a about the fastest route walking. That goes straight. If down. that, I mean, my God. And mm-hmm. when you're going down that route, it's just a straightaway, so you can easily just bypass past this entire uh, section just by by going down the bike route. Mm-hmm. You can stop to fish if you want to, but that's about it. Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta really try on that. But uh, of course, when you go down a bike route and going across all the bikers, you gotta deal with their massive surplus. Uh, frankly, fightings and poison types. Yeah, going through, we got nothing but Grimers, Coughings, Mankeys, Machops, and looks like there's always gonna be at least one dude with a wheezing. Oh yeah, we're all gonna mess you up. And frankly, is over here is just going to, I guess, hang out or something. So, uh, in conclusion, if you if you get that Abra from the game corner and teach it to Sidekick, you can sweep through the entire biker gang. Because what are they going to do? Because Sidekicks are over by OP on this point. They're not just OP. They're also strong against fighting and poison types. 
So not only that, you got you essentially have Goku, but Goku has a type advantage too. <laughs> Coughing, wheezings, mucks. Yep. Yep, you will be able with with one psychic type you can sweep. Actually, I think that's what happened when I played there back in the back in the day. I just swept through that place. Ignore. Yeah, I usually the same thing because I think uh regular part when I would usually have my team a lot was drowsy and hypno, but but yeah, I, I just absolutely just love using that as a psychic type, just annihilate everybody with it. And then I'd find someone with the worst psychic types, then I'd get my ass kicked and essentially be dead after that. But yeah, that's Route 17 for you. It's a straightaway at the Waker game. No new Pokemon that you bump into unless you've got the uh, yellow. So moving on, that brings it up to Route 18, which now brings you to some of the Raticates. Ratatata's bigger and meaner brother. Yeah. It's like Ratata. Already been talking smackata and decide to grow up. And it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna beat you. I'm just gonna beat you now. There is kind of an interesting route around here with some of the trainers. Cause it looks like the trainers around here are all bird keepers, and this is actually uh where you would be first introduced to Dodrio. Well what a time to Bring back the conversation on big-ass birds. <laughs> but we've already talked about the big birds. Big birds that got scary. Alright, I guess this now moves us over to... Fuchsia City. Yep, and, and Fuchsia City, I believe the two top highlights... Fuchsia. Like, Fuchsia? like the color. Yep. Uh... Which I think is a weird red. Maybe. Perhaps. Like a reddish purple. Liz, tell me what fuchsia is. Um, I think it's purple. Hang on. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Oh, fuchsia is actually like. It's. Mm, it's like a pinky purple. A pinky purple. Yeah, it's like it's purple, but it has a lot of pink in it too. Here, I'm gonna. Link a picture of fuchsia. <laughs> ah. Jesus, that thing's bright. Yeah, fuchsia's pretty bright. But see, it's like purple, but then it has like, it's got enough pink in it that it's like an in-between. Ah, but welcome to Fuchsia City. Okay. Yeah, I believe in Fuchsia City, your top main attractions are the Fuchsia Gym and the Safari Zone. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about uh, this, the... The Safari Zone is going to take a bit to go through, so let's talk about the gym first, then go into the Safari Zone. Alright. Well, I believe uh, we have talked about how Kanto actually has the biggest surplus of poison types introduced out of any Pokemon species. Like, introduced? Or just in general? Oh no, just just like in general. So like out of like the 150, I believe 30 of them... Are poison types. Wow. Yeah, because you got a, those few that are actually like single poison types, like you know, like your coffins, your Atkins, but then you got all, then you got all those poison like poison types, like the Oddish line, like the Bulbasaur line, like the Weeping Bow line. So it's like just right there, that's like nine Pokemon. But then you got the poison flying type ones, like Zubat. But then you got the poison bug ones, like Beedrills and Venonat. And that's so, a lot of poisons. Oh yeah, like. 
this is um I, I think Kanto's poison type ratio was the biggest ratio of a Pokemon species ever introduced out of all of them. Huh. Uh, I think uh, one that can even compare is water type Pokemon in Hoenn, and which is um, really saying something because half of that region is ocean. As a matter of fact, there are three HMs that are all ocean based. This poison type gym is also where we find our ninja, Koga. He's oh, so a straight he's a ninja. ninja. And actually, I believe in his uh, in his gym. What's super neat on it is he goes on to the ninja thing that they actually have invisible walls. So you have to somehow... Because when you walk in, all you see is just him and trainers surrounding him. And so it just looks like it's a straight shot. Just like, no, 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 it's not a straight shot. You actually have to like go around. And because of the route you have to take, you actually end up battling every single one of his trainers until you get to him. Now I'll get to... Oh, oh okay, I'll fight you up. Now I'll get to... No. Now, I, oh, come on! And it's like, uh, okay, I guess wall here, wall here. I'm just going to walk around this ladder and up. Oh, guess I got to fight him now. Balls. So one thing I, I think is kind of interesting is that in this gym, um, there's a quite a few poison Pokemon just hanging out. Very interesting about this gym. Um, Not a single trainer has solely poison types until Koga. Oh. So there's, like, they just have other... Which is weird to say, because there's so many poison types in the game. Yeah, and I I remember there's a, a Poketuber um, TV. I loved listening to his series on just... Him just talking about the types and how the group was just like, you know... Kind of, kind of ironic, because for having such an abundant amount of poison types, you do not show that variety in the actual poison gym... As a matter of fact, there are more psychic Pokemon, like, introduced in here about as much as a poison-type Pokemon. <laughs> matter of fact, there's even ground-type Pokemon here, too. Yeah, I just noticed that. So it's like, you, you got one dude with a Hypno, then dude with a Drowsy Kadabra, then three Drowsies and a Kadabra, and then you find a trainer with poison types into Arbox, which is just Cobra backwards. Then you got our favorite socially awkward armadillo, Sandslash. I love him. His design is just amazing. I know. I love him too. It's, it sucks that he's competitively worthless, but I love him. I would love to get a plushie in him, and I've seen these designer Pokemon shirts, and I would like to get his design, because his design looks, looks has a really nice, nice pattern to it. Sandslash? Oh, yeah. I like Sandshrew. Yeah. Yeah, even uh, even going through to Sanchez, Arbok, Drowsies, Hypnos, Kadabras, and then Gym Leader Koga. Coming at you with at least two coffins, a muck, and a wheezing. Unless you fight him in yellow, where he has all Venonax, except for his Venomoth. Wait, seriously? Seriously. Once again, leading to my credence to my theory, yellow's the easy one. I mean, on the other hand, um... There was also about a 10-level difference between the trainers who battle him and him himself. Uh, his Venomoth is level 50 as well. Look, Venonats is basically just a gnat. Venomoths are based upon moths. That's pretty simple. So you just get one fire type, and the Venomoths should, in theory, just won't stop circling it and, and wanting to get closer and closer to the fire until it's too late. And what if you don't have a fire type? Then you have failed. Before. If you're play, if you have gotten this far without a single fire type, you have 
personally decided to ignore every Fire-type Pokemon. Now, to be fair, there's really not a lot, <laughs> like, in the first gen. I think there's, like, not including evolutions. I mean, you've obviously got the Charmander line, and then you've got Vulpix. Ponyta line, Growlithe line, Vulpix line. Uh, Magmar is there, but you, we haven't found and been introduced yeah. to Yeah. You haven't gotten to Magmar yet. So there's like five total, I think, right? So the thing is that there's a town that gives you a Vulpix. So you have to... And Vulpix is already a fire... Is a... Vulpix is a fire? It is or a fire. Is normal fire, or is it just normal? Not including Flareon. Not including Flareon, because that's a... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Flareon! Not including Flareon. Yeah, which you have to... Yeah, it is a conscious choice to come in here without a single fi uh, fire-type Pokemon, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I get right. it. But I also want to say that it's with... Or you're playing Nuzlocke and you've just really screwed yourself on this one. Oh, no, that'd be horrible. I was going to say, it's like, wouldn't it still be better to come in here with a psychic attack? Because not only are they, like, the most god tier, but they're also strong against poison. Yeah. Psychic's strong against, like, everything, just because Psychic is broken in this, like, build of the game. I mean, like, there's, there's some... Man, there's not. I can, I can feel the stretch in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of there if you just reach up far enough and just kind of just touch it a little, just, just a little touch. Reaching so far up there that you'll never find it. Yeah, but, yeah, but I always agree that at this point, it just... You, you, even if it's without choosing Charmander, you have at least three options. Now, Venomoth, on the other hand, Venomoth is venomous and a moth. It is in the name. They... I also believe that uh, Venomoth, Lassacek, does learn quite a few psychic-type moves. No way, really? Which is also why that it's... Venomoth's a moth. Actually, I think Venomoth is, uh, shows up quite often in Sabrina's stream as well. Uh, although I like its Japanese name. Uh, Morphon? Oh, from the 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 name Metamorphosis. Oh right! Oh my God! I forgot about that. I like how some uh, some uh, Pokemon we have to go through large reaches and stretches in order to figure that out. Like Charmander has to be a flaming type of Salamander and a very particular one. Venomoth, Venomoth, done. Vena venomous moth. Nailed it. Nailed it. What's it look like? Well, it looks exactly like a moth. All right. It's a moth that. Flutters and poison powder comes out. Genius. Now, have we have we also already talked about more into Arbok? Because I know we talked about Ekans. Uh, just a little bit with its name, because Arbok is cobra, and Ekans uh, is snake. It, snake, yeah. With the way that their names are typed out, but Ekans is exactly a snake, and Arbok it looks exactly like a cobra. I feel like this is just like, uh, like Castlevania's Alucard. So, do you know any vampires? No. Just don't look too close at my name. <laughs> I might know one vampire. He's like, hey, Alucard, did you notice if you spell your name backwards? Shut up. We don't talk about him. What? What? I didn't see that, you idiot. Is it because Alucard can be viewed through a mirror, unlike Dracula? You're not supposed to say anything. Yeah, quiet, you. <laughs> Um, I think that's it as far as Koga. That, there's not much. Koga's a ninja, and that's about it. Eventually an Elite Four member. Yep, eventually becomes an Elite Four member in the other generations. In, 
the next generation, actually. Yes. Actually, yeah, the next gen. Um, but are we going to come back to Kanto if we start when we start talking about the Jojo games? Or are we just going to skip all that? We'll skim through those ones. Like, we have to because some of the other games will let you go back to Kanto. Yeah, those are repetitive. Okay. So, in that case, um, so we'll talk about Koga again once we're back at Johto, but mm-hmm. I do want to put in that when he becomes a part of the Elite Four, that his daughter Janine is the one that takes over the Fuchsia City Gym. Nailed it! And what I love about her name is that when you take away the E, it's literally just ninja backwards. That's all I got. It's like, this was, it was meant to, it's like, you listen, man, it was supposed to happen, all right? They're, they're supposed to be having the puns, Apparently, nin- like, poison and ninjas just kind of go hand in hand. They so you might as well just put the name Ninja backwards. Actually, I wonder if Koga means anything. I think Koga is a school. Because apparently there actually is a uh, Koga clan that once existed back in Japan. Oh, which would make... Sounds why they decided to name him Koga, because he's just one giant ninja pun. Okay. And I, I also want to say with the amount of, okay, with the amount of repeat of poison types that Koga has and the amount of variety there is of poisonous options. Why? Like why? That's like what why not have more variety of poison types? Like, why have three like one line of Pokemon and three of them are Venonats? When you could literally come he could literally come at you with an Arbok and a muck, and a wheezing, and then Venonat. <laughs> and there's like an actual variety. It is like, oh, I have, I am now able to counter all of your other types because my poison also have other types. I feel like I always get, like, I always get wrecked by muck and grimer. They're gross. <laughs> well, I mean, like, they can, like, poison and stuff. And I, I feel like I just, mm-hmm. I never fare well against them. You know, that, that chip damage just really starts hurting after a while. <laughs> mm. Because, yeah, because yeah, things like, um, even with the poison type moves, they end up looking at a bunch of them. Even to this to this day, the, there's only like two of them that are like up to like 120 strength. And it's actually very rare because they re- rely so much on the actual chip damage throughout battling. Oh, chip damage is real in this. Oh, yeah. And yeah, poison types definitely make sure. Actually, I wonder poison at the time was more considered a more physical or special move during the time. I think it's, it's a special move in Gen One. Yeah, because if they were classified more special, then they could also like semi benefit off the whole like um, special um, special split that didn't happen until Gen Four because the special uh, attack, special defense was just one category, so. It would also help up their stats on that. So now you got like decentish stats with chip damage, but they're also the one that is most likely to get their asses handed them by psychic types. Mm-hmm. But yeah, muck. And I think that's about it for this town. The town itself changes a lot when it gets to the other gens, but for the for right now, like outside of this and finding uh, your rival's grandfather, and you have a nice conversation with him, but that's about it. I don't think he gives you any real insight or anything like that. All right. So I think that's about it for this town. I'm going to call it here before we get into the safari zone. Um, 
yeah, the Safari Zone is something like 20 different new Pokemon you can get right then and there. Oh, yeah. That's where you start getting introduced to some more really rare stuff, but I think we've actually covered quite a few of them already. So, like, we, we already covered, like, Dratini and Pinsir and Scyther, and I think, like, the very few we got to actually cover is, like, maybe, like, Tauros, Lickitun, Chansey. Okay. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to call it here, then. All right, gang. Looks like we just got through another Pokemon adventure. Yeah. 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 Pika, Pika. To another Pika adventure later. Pikachu. Gaming Theater Podcast is hosted, created, produced, and edited by Leo Garcia, the Geek Scorpio. Our music is A Drinking Game. Stock media provided by Stormwave Audio slash Pond5. Our cover art is by Adam Parker. You can find him at ParkerGFX on Twitter. If you want to send us some financial support to help with producing things for Gaming Theater, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Gaming Theater Presents. It helps us out. Want to send support that doesn't hit your wallet? Please leave a review with wherever you hear your podcasts and share our podcast with your friends. It really helps out. Thank you for listening.